from the boardroom to the shop floor. Good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Dembele, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. Uh, good evening and welcome uh, to tonight's installment of Beyond Governance. Uh, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be, you know, sharing this space and time once again. I sincerely hope that, you know, despite the unprecedented impact of COVID-19, you are holding on and weathering the storm. Uh, the conversation that we had had last week, you know, are, in my view, has given us a lot of hope. Uh, as business for South Africa is putting wheels on shoulders in terms of, uh, uh, you know, getting the economy to a to a better position. And and I'm also quite pleased that the president is also doing his best, you know, to align and echo this, the investment, you know, friendly environment, which we desperately need, uh, you know, but we all know that his position is a very precarious position and given the different uh, contestations uh, at ideological level, which are harbored by, you know, so all the social partners. But, uh, you know, given the kind of a person that he is and we have seen that he's really, you know, getting traction. Um, tonight's show, in a way, it's, it's basically an attempt to, ex, you know, to uh, interrogate the conversation that, of, that we've had last week, uh, with Martin Kingston, wherein, uh, you know, if you recall that he presented a very interesting, uh, in, uh, what you refer to as accelerated, you know, economic recovery strategy that has been put forward by business for South Africa. If you miss that, uh, uh, you know, what I would consider, you know, breathtaking conversation with Martin Kingston. Uh, not to worry, go to our website and download and, and the, the, download the podcast and share your views via SMS line, telegram or email. On that note, our SMS line is 34519. Our telegram is 0618951095. And of course, my email address is nimrot at hydrocedo.za. Uh, before we get into the two of things, uh, let me take this opportunity to thank uh, Simon and Kathy for a job well done, uh, Sina and Dominique Majola, uh, DJ Flo, uh, Vosi, and of course, uh, let me thank in advance uh, Kimen, who will be uh, steering the ship, Tabo, thank you in advance, and let's hope everything will uh, will be in sync. The fact that you've been in the Bahamas, virtually so, uh, doesn't give you the right. Uh, I hope <laughs> I hope everything will go well <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Uh, moving on swiftly, you know, as a norm, we normally have a bit of a reflective moment. One of the, you know, greatest issues that, uh, it's, have, you know, been dominating my thoughts and I'm sure your thoughts too is the, the current impasse around school reopening. What is your take? I mean, the union obviously are blocking the minister to open, um, the other grades. What kind of, uh, frustration you as a parent are enduring? To what extent do you, your kids at home or those that, you know, at home, your, your own biological kids or your cousins and nephews, how are they coping? Because I'm sure this must be very devastating for them, not knowing whether they're coming or not. I mean, being at home is not easy for parents, let alone for kids, because they do need to be in an environment where, where, where their, their friends are. But, you know, your thoughts are welcome uh, on that particular score as we're reflecting. The other aha moment, it was the testimony that was given by Nambula Mkonyane. And you might recall that uh, Agrisi uh, made serious allegations of corruption against uh, the former uh, correctional services, uh, Linda T, as well as uh, Nambula Mkonyane. And that, you know, Nambula, for that matter, received, you know, cash bribes from Busasa along with security upgrade. Um, I'm just saying, it might be so embarrassing 
to listen and hear yourself defending as a former minister, defending your position against what is what is basically absurd. Uh, but be that as it may, we also know that uh, the former, you know, Busasa CEO uh, made a similar kind of allegations towards Mamkonyane, uh, that she was pampered with uh, all sorts of gifts because of her political influence. The question is, um, where there is, a, where there is a give or take smoke, the chances of this fire, you know, what looks like, what works like a duck, quick like the duck, uh, guess what? It cannot be anything but a duck. But that's my view as we are reflecting. The other interesting point that I just want to quickly share with you from a ref- as we are reflecting is the Lucky Montana issue. I mean, the letter that he wrote to the Deputy Justice uh, Raymond Zondo uh, and Chief Justice Mukwem Mukwem over what he called the bias uh, when he was making the testimony. I, For me, I mean, the platform such as the Zondo Commission is meant to establish facts and give everyone an opportunity to add their views so that we could have a solid business case uh, taking this country forward. And it cannot be used as a platform to label it as a winch hunt. Because once you allow that kind of a thought process to take currency, uh, we'll have more and more people claiming that, you know, the, the, the platform or the Zona Commission, as it were, it has been used as a witch hunt in a way that would inevitably legitimize, delegitimize what is credible. And we may lose focus on the real people as to why the Zona Commission was established. Uh, these snippets, in my view, are fundamentally about the consumer and business confidence which is literally in shambles in this country, given the negative perception about the rule of law and and, and social justice. It is common cause that we need a national, um, you know, we need national and foreign investment in order to create jobs opportunities that are so desperately needed needed to address poverty, unemployment and inequality. Uh, Please do weigh in in our conversation as these matters are of critical importance. Um, our SMS line is 34519, Telegram is 061895 uh, And of course, your email address are welcome at nimrod at hi.co.za. Uh, as we move along very swiftly, let me take this opportunity to introduce the colleagues that will be joining us online. Uh, you know, that is uh, Eric Stillerman, uh, who is the CEO, or CEO at London School of Business Online and Net Growth as well as Mr. Justice Indaba, who is an executive at Knowledge Inkers Group. Gentlemen, good, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Nimrod. Good evening, Justice. How are you? Yeah, good day, good day. Good evening, uh, Doc, and uh, your listeners of High FM. Thank you very much, uh, gentlemen, for once again embracing the high airwaves with your your intellect and and your contribution. Um, you would recall um, last week event, you know, what I think was probably one of the best conversations that we've had on this show. We had a son of the soul that really gave us uh, our inputs. But before we get into you know unpacking of the strategic position presented by Business for South Africa, we know that you guys are in business. Um, you know, I'll start with, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eric. How has COVID-19 affected your business? Um, you know, Eric. Yeah, I, I think most people have, have found that, that there's a shortage of money in the economy. 
so few, you know, so many people have been either laid off or are not working fully. I think we all know that, you know, some sectors are very lucky and privileged that they've been able to uh, uh, avoid the full impact. Most people from the banking sector to property to retail, obviously the hospitality sector. So, you know, the people that are working for all of those businesses who are not working and earning full salaries, it's obvious that that, that would have impacted business. Um, I don't know what your experience is. And just to... No, to, I'm, to, I'm, interested, uh, I'm interested in you as a, as, as a business, Eric. Uh, the rest is okay. You as a business. Yeah, that's for sure. You, you have to pivot. You have to look for new business. You have to find who has actually got the money to be able to afford your service or product. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's definitely affected online. Well, you see, if you go to online education, many players in online education have done well, especially if they're offering free offerings. The free offerings have shot up remarkably because people are at home and they can learn. It's, it's where people have to pay that, that there's a challenge. So, yeah, uh, Certainly affected and waiting for things to get back to normal and, and, okay. and as much as possible to try and uh, get safely through and beyond COVID. No, great stuff. Um, there's a, there's a particular line of thought that I want to tell based on, on yeah. what you just said. Justice, uh, from where you're sitting, how has this affected your business without going through the normal course? Well, um, thank you, Doc, for your question. Um, the impact on us uh, as a as a small business, um, it's mainly on the cash flow. Cash flow in the sense that um, we have had a, a few cancellation of um, one or uh, about two or three of our NCAT lines, who pulled out. Uh, um, at least um, one main one was in the food chain business, uh, fast food. And therefore, it was understandable that they would they would they would cancel our retainer, because if you looked at it um, from level five, level four, and in level three, they could not operate at all. In fact, level five and four, they could not operate hundred percent. And then in level three, um, they started operating on takeaways, and 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 as a result it didn't make sense for them to to have suppliers like us continuing therefore um it was understandable for them to pull out um we then had to look at alternative offerings you know as to how do we take um advantage of um probably going on online services and so on but as you would know with covid uh, status um the, the the new norm is the is speed quality so by the time we we tried to 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 jump on the bandwagon um in terms of the offerings some had gotten uh, ahead of us but we are beginning to settle down we will see how it takes meaning that businesses are forced to relook at themselves and and restrategize definitely um, uh, changing the business model and definitely changing the operations model and definitely changing the organizational structure because um, 
that forces you to to even unfortunately impact on jobs because we've had to then scale down obviously so in that regard the impact um um while initially negative we are hoping that we can um be able to 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 take advantage of new opportunities uh, definitely digitize some, some of our offerings no, 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 great, uh, great stuff for that, uh, um, anecdote. The reason why I put this, this, those questions uh, forward is precisely for the same reason why we needed to unpack the, the, the business for South Africa accelerated economic recovery strategy, uh, that has been put forward because in the main, you recall, you might recall the, our conversation with Martin Kingston last week is that there are certain, you know, uh, uh, areas that could be, you know, tapped into relatively quicker so that we can stimulate the economy. Um, I mean, he, he did reflected on critical areas such as, you know, crime and corruption, which does not require policy certainty. He reflected on uh, improving the ease of doing business, which does not require business certainty. Um, and of course, he also reflected uh, on a larger scale on business areas such as uh, large-scale infrastructure, which definitely require business uh, policy certainty and SOEs. Um, from where we are sitting, as we are unpacking um, these kind of broad areas which Business South Africa has put forward, um, because I know there are some delivery mechanism that has that, that has been advised, uh, that has been advanced. The idea is not so much about talk about you know the policies about execution. Where to from here? <laughs> Thanks, Nimrod. Um, yeah, um, I'm pleased you asked that. Uh, I, I've been very pleasantly surprised in the last couple of days. I made contact with Business South Africa and offered my input, which they really accepted willingly. And in turn, they've, they've put me on one of the work streams, which are working in cooperation between business, government and labor on some key areas of the economy. And each of these streams, whether it's um, under state-owned enterprises or infrastructure project, each of these themes about big initiatives that could get the economy moving going forward, not only short-term kickstart, but to transform the economy into a high-growth economy, to cut the government deficit and debt, and to get people employed in an inclusive growth path. So the encouraging thing is that what they did is they put together about 500 of the top professionals in this country, all the big accounting and consulting firms and lawyers and, and, and uh, project management companies um, to, to, first of all, research uh, the implications of what the issues are in each of the sectors. Uh, just to give you a, 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 an example, the sector that I've been exposed to in the last day or so is called the innovation sector, which is working on uh, PPE and uh, on medical uh, equipment, um, manufacture and supply, local manufacture and supply. They've done a complete cross-section study of the supply and demand, where their gaps and who is available to actually locally manufacture, create employment and get into um, uh, to plugging those gaps. So that's something that, 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 that there's quite an active process. One particular substream of that um, uh, innovation work stream is e-learning, 
and digitization, the digital economy, uh, releasing spectrum and e-commerce, but particularly I have an interest in e-commerce. What they, what they want to do is they want to get all the, um, TVET uh, technical and vocational colleges, uh, online and their, their curricula aligned with the needs of business and industry. So it's, it's very exciting. And in each initiative, there's a government partner, a labor, a couple of labor partners and business partners. And just to cut, just to end my little introduction on it and unpack more detail if you want, they're calling for input from people, professionals, people who are able to fill the gap because so far the contribution of those 500 professionals over the first three months has been pro bono for free. It's been voluntary. <clears throat> and those uh, service providers are now kind of withdrawing and handing over and being replaced by a new group of people who prepared to come in and, and offer their, in, their expertise and, and a, a little bit of their time to, to make a contribution. So they're actually actively inviting um, the audience here, anybody that, that uh, can provide, for example, project management services, consulting, legal accounting, and certainly manufacturing, local manufacturing of PPE, for example, e-learning, any of this, the, the, the sectors that, that I've mentioned. Uh, are welcome to contact us through your contact, uh, email, then uh, look at them and forward them to Business for South Africa as appropriate. So it's actually happening, Namur. Thank you. Okay, thanks, thanks, uh, um, Eric. <clears throat> Perhaps maybe one point, a point worth um, uh, interrogating is the, is the um, inclusive nature or the in- inclusive philosophy which uh, governs the 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 uh, you know uh, accelerated economic recovery strategy because on paper it's out there and you are also saying uh, you know based on the the personal invitation extended to yourself it does come across as as all embracing but the question is to what extent um, uh, ordinary folks out there because my my worry um, Eric with these kinds of initiatives that when you look at the pyramid. Uh, the focus tends to be at the apex of the pyramid. We don't really get to a point where the bottom of the pyramid um, has the opportunity to be part of this thing. Perhaps maybe you might share your views. Justice, you want to come in there? Um, Eric pointed out that one of the brilliant things they've done was to gather, you know, 500 or so professionals based on the uh, professional expertise. Eric was part of the innovate, innovation sector and so on and so forth. But your take in terms of expediting and making sure that the gains, you know, at least the momentum which has been created by uh, this strategy, and of course uh, COVID-19, has been accelerated. How? What is that we need to do differently? No, I think. Let me get. I want. I'm, I'm, I've got a. Let me get justice. justice. There's a reason why. There's a reason why justice come through here. Okay. Um, thank you very much, uh, Doc. Um, look, um, my, I, I, I embrace your sentiments because my worry really for this, uh, while it looks very quite good, is really um, on the mobilization and communication side because I think we are uh, 
missing quite a lot of uh, players that are not normally included in these kinds of things. And those players are uh, the businesses that are either in the townships, in Jobek CBD, um, you know, on the periphery of, of villages. So those, um, I think most probably we, we need some of the work streams to, 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 uh, to make an outreach to those guys. Because I mean, if, if you go on the medical supply side, many of them are, are trying to enter that. And I know a lot of businesses that are already, uh, small ones, small guys running around trying to supply, but uh, I'm not too sure that at this stage they are aware of this initiative. So if, for instance, uh, Business for South Africa could um, amplify this initiative and try and invite to include more and more of these kind of people, because I think um, it has the, 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 the potential to exclude, even though it's central, central to their, to their strategy is inclusivity, but inclusivity that, um, does not accommodate, um, uh, the disenfranchised, um, is not in the end going to be inclusivity, but we do appreciate the effort. I just think that perhaps the work stream on mobilization and communication needs to really, really, really up the game. Um, perhaps if that is the case, I can be able to comment and, 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 and say, look, we're doing something positive. Otherwise, it would look like any other initiative that just performs out there and always, as you said, okay. uh, accommodate only those that are at the apex. No, no, great stuff. Um, Justice and, and, and Eric, we're going to take a break and come back uh, in a second because we need to pay our bills. But I really want to, when we come back from the ad break, uh, I want to, to zoom more on how best to uh, take this kind of initiative, you know, further down, because this shows we, we have that responsibility to cascade a positive message which, so that we, we have every South African being part of this wonderful initiative. Let's take a break. We'll come back as we join the next leg of the show. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back uh, to, um, you know, the second leg of the show. Uh, we have a very interesting conversation here with the Justice Ndaba, who is an executive at Knowledge Singers Group, as well as Eric Stillerman, uh, who is the CEE at uh, London School of Business Online and Net Growth. Uh, do weigh in our conversation as we proceed. Our SMS line is 34519. Our telegram is uh, 061-895-1095. And of course, my email address is nimrod at heart.co.za. Uh, if you've just joined us, um, the conversation really is the unpacking of the Business for South Africa Accelerated Economy Recovery Strategy that has been put forward uh, last week or so. Uh, we, we're obviously trying to really make sense in terms of what are the possible low-hanging foods and the extent to which we could uh, all be supportive of this great initiative so that we're able to address uh, unemployment, poverty and inequality in the country. Um, before we enter the break, Justice was, um, I think he made a very interesting observation that, um, which, which I, which I really echo that this kind of initiative often, uh, they, they lack, um, very coherent, uh, communication strategy, 
uh, advocacy and, and communication strategy that brings on every single uh, uh, South African on board. But perhaps maybe uh, that's that's my view, and and I'm, I'm yet to go back and really look at what are the uh, you know gaps so that we're able to plug in. Um, Eric, what's your take in terms yeah. of what's your take in terms of how this program or this strategy has been you know communicated beyond uh, the the apex? Uh, configuration, as it were. Yeah. No, thanks for that, Nimrod. Um, it, 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 there's definitely a need for improved communication by business and government. Uh, and I think part of the role we're playing in this program is to put out the, the message out there and, and invite contributions and, in a way, play the role of, of broader communication and introduce some of these concepts and ideas about more inclusivity uh, into the discussion. Next week, I've invited the head of the innovation uh, workstream, Chris uh, Griffith, who's the ex-CEO of Anglo Platinum, a uh, highly successful guy, uh, and he's heading this workstream. And I've said to him, because he said to me, can I, you know, I, I offered to put out the, uh, the need uh, to, to, to welcome inputs from, from anybody that's capable uh, through my LinkedIn profile, my LinkedIn database of a few thousand contacts. And I said, well, why not come, why not come on High FM like you're, you're the head of the whole business for South Africa, uh, Martin Kingston came last week and get people involved and communicate. So he's only too willing. Uh, having said that, uh, and I think we can keep pressurizing through our network of contacts and add value. I understand that, that we're thinking of hosting some kind of a, a, a conference later in the year. We, we bring people together and we can bring, like we had Hanki Matabani two, three weeks ago from the Black Business Council. You know, that, that starts to embrace smaller business. The township economy is one of the, uh, uh, one of the priority sectors in this whole initiative. So I think we're all talking the same language. The communication, there's maybe a need for better, more broader communication. No doubt about that. Thanks, Nim. No, thank you very much, because that's a limitation that I've picked up. Uh, because if you if you talk inclusive growth, uh, inclusive growth, you know, uh, make it a point that every single uh, a person who who is um, who can be accessed, you know, because ultimately you don't want to leave um, a lot of people behind. But I think that that point has been acknowledged. One of the issues that uh, Martin Kingsley raised in the last conversation are areas which, which, which obviously can get more traction. I mean, um, the area of, of um, state-owned enterprises, which is the biggest cost driver from government point of view, we know that that's something that, uh, without firstly policy certainty, we cannot talk about. We cannot talk inclusive growth. There's a whole lot of work that needs to happen, and again, the communication. In my view, it's one biggest lacking uh, 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 element because there's so much that has happened at ESCOM in terms of the roadmap or the road plan which was uh, unveiled by the president uh, two, three years ago in terms of reconfiguring ESCOM or, or reconfiguration of the SOEs, ESCOM being one of them. Um, the, the, the question is, from a communication point of view, we, every single person, needs to understand where we are uh, in relation to the transformation and rationalization of SOEs. And I don't think 
government is 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 on is on top of that particular game, particularly around issues of um, state subsidies. Where are we in relation to state subsidies uh, with regards to uh, you know uh, unbundling of of ESCOM? Um, so that's one critical issue. I mean, the other critical issue is the clarity, clarity on land reform, uh, uh, which which has a huge uh, investment uh, connotation attached to it, which definitely require policy certainty. So you could you almost can see that there are major programs that are resource intensive, which cannot take this country forward until the, there are specific. Uh, policy certainty issues that we're talking about. I want to bring in justice here on the SOEs because that's a kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, background that you understand um, that is there an exit strategy or should there be an exit strategy from some of the SOEs and the extent to which there's an exit strategy on government or from government as a majority shareholder and what would that mean for uh, Eric if Eric wants to invest in in in, in the very chain of SOEs? What do you take, Justice? Well, um, you know, I, I, the, the 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 question that you ask is not an easy one in the sense that it goes to uh, the critical strategy of government. We know that uh, this government, for instance, has been looking at more of a distributive uh, kind of strategy or developmental kind of, so that we then accept that. So if we accept that there are certain SOEs that would be critical for government to maintain, um, all we need therefore is a, a review of um, uh, avoidance of, of if, um, duplication. Because if, if I look the other day, on the number of SOEs that are out there. Um, I was shocked at the number because I had always thought that they are around 200 or something like that, only to find that they exceed about a thousand. So, which may well mean that um, it could be an area to first look at in the sense that there could be integration opportunities there where we, before we even put them out there, because I know a lot of, um, People are now saying that we should look at uh, the telecom model as a, the future model. However, you, you cannot put out there what you have not integrated because there's a lot of um, SOEs, uh, SOCs as they call them now, that are playing in the same space uh, and you find that they do similar uh, stream of work. For instance, um, you have... Uh, the, the Gauteng Partnership Fund, you've got the uh, another Gauteng uh, Fund. Uh, many of them, they are in the infrastructure lending and funding space. And then you find that if those two, as an instance, um, can merge and become one or three of them become one, then they, be, they, 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 they become slightly more efficient in the funding space. So I was saying that we could reduce the number of, of them and integrate a number of them as a starting point. And that would improve efficiencies. And therefore, once we do that, then we can put the model of a three, uh, a triple PP, uh, uh, public partnership out there on them and say, look, um, once we have integrated this uh, SOEs, can we then invite private players to come on board, one, either as investors 
to as um, competent uh, 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 people that can come on board, for instance, to help some of these um, uh, SOEs in terms of uh, ensuring that they, one, live up to the mandate, and two, they are run efficiently in terms of the return, because what we want to reduce is the reliance on the state, because many of them, uh, we know that while they should not really make profit, however, they should not, they should be run as efficient as possible for to deliver the services that government requires to the people out there. So for me, I would say in terms of the short-term step would be to try and, 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 and integrate SOEs in terms of um, uh, reducing the number, not really reducing the number, but ensuring that many of them are integrated. And secondly, invite a, a, a public partnership model, public-private partnership model that um, can assist in terms of sharing of skills. In other words, shared value. So we would need a shared value model. I mean, um, Eric has just mentioned uh, Mr. Griffith, who was at Anglo. Some of these guys are, are either... Uh, retired, some of them could be deployed in some of the SOEs and with a mentorship uh, arrangement. That could be a model for um, public-private partnership as an instance, because if you could run any, a, a multinational like Anglo, and then we put you in one of the SOEs, and with a mentorship model where you would mentor one or two of the CEOs, um, you know, and then integrate the the, 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 the the operations and so on. And 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 by the time he leaves there, he's on the right trajectory. So that would be my take on that. I wouldn't agree with you more, Just. I think you 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 shared very practical um, approaches that could be used in terms of um, the 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 amalgamation of SOEs based on on obviously you know trying to uh, move forward with, you know, issues around uh, efficiency and effectiveness. But one, one thing that you, that was quite useful that you, I think something that was quite uh, an aha moment is the whole point of, of efficiency, uh, skills transfer, um, um, issues around um, uh, mentorship and coaching. Uh, because, and, and ultimately any, reconfiguration of SOEs because they are big and players uh, cannot deliver value if they're still led by people who are who are not equal to the task. So one of the biggest thing which uh, uh, you know Eric as we take this conversation forward we have to obviously provide solution on the kind of leadership cater that is equal to the task and the kind of support mechanism that we could put in place so that the, the newly reconfigured SOEs don't fail uh, uh, because we also understand the transformational uh, component to it. But transformation should not come at the expense of value, you know, to the state. So that, that that's my take. Um, as we move forward, uh, the other critical issue that uh, Martin raised was the, the, the issue of spectrum which I think has a huge potential. I mean, Bonang Mahale, in the previous conversation, he raised it. Ellen Mokoki, he also raised the same issue, as well as um, the, 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 you know, Hanki, uh, the CEO of uh, Black Business Council, raised this. So there's, there's that silver lining or, or the common thread that cuts across. Um, 
Eric could just maybe give us a sense of what are the practical things that we could all leverage on and the listener can attentively perhaps maybe piggyback on practical things that we could all, you know, do uh, in, in, in plugging in as far as the telecoms are concerned from a digital migration point of view. Yeah, look, uh, I'm not uh, uh, aware of the, all the detail of that particular work stream, um, but I think the fact that temporary um, uh, spectrum has been released during lockdown is, is, a, is a precursor to, uh, as they say now, permanent uh, 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 complete spectrum auction. Uh, is is in digital migration that that uh, that whole project which has been on the back burner it's part of what business is driving all these things uh, 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 business is is pushing and helping government to get done and and it's it's across the board all of them including at escom at at saa just just to you know reflect on what is in a way happening at saa um, it, 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 I know there's so many things to talk about, but I know people, you know, worried that, that, that in principle, Tito doesn't want to fund that. He said that the fiscus is not going to pump more money down, uh, uh, chase good money off the bat. Okay. Um, so on the other hand, what you had is a negotiation. Remember, there are people, stakeholders involved. So, Never mind a, an official PR strategy. If you followed the business rescue process, you'll note that the, the unions and creditors have all agreed on the business rescue plan. And that includes a few thousand people being retrenched, 1,000 retained, and then they need 10.1 billion to pay off the past creditors and past uh, uh, staff. Uh, the retrenchment packages and a, a portion of that to relaunch SAA. Now, Tito has given an undertaking in Provin Gordon that funding will be found. What is going on behind the scenes is obvious. And then on the other hand, Tito says it won't come out of the budget. Tito and Provin must be putting out requests for interest. They've said that they're very, that they're Quite a few uh, interested parties who want to come and take a stake, lend their, uh, put equity capital into to a new airline and bring the expertise in again, the, the telecom model. So that's happening okay. as we speak yeah. and business is driving. Eric, yeah. Yeah. Eric, can we maybe, you know what, uh, hold on to the thought. Uh, we, we are required to take an ad break very quickly. Tabo, let's take it and a break. Uh, we'll continue with Eric, but also on bringing in Zabisa, uh, just to get a, a voice from a youth around these very important issues, because uh, if you don't put youth ahead, uh, and, and, and we'll let, anyway, let's just see what uh, the youth, <laughs> youth representative on the show would say. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It's, it's amazing uh, how time flies when you really have been fun. We're having a very interesting conversation with Justice Ndaba, who is an executive at Knowledge Inkers Group, as well as, as Eric Stillerman. Uh, the, the, the thrust of our conversation is the unpacking of the accelerated economic uh, recovery strategy that has been put forward by business uh, uh, for South Africa. And, and as we are wrapping up, we literally have about five minutes and, and the thrust of uh, the, the strategy is about, it's about inclusivity. 
and which I thought it's a very powerful thing. But if it cannot find expression, particularly from the segment of the society that are supposed to be the forefront. Earlier on, my only limitation about the strategy is the fact that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite heavy on top. We need to cascade it down and bring as many role players as possible, particularly about or around the youth formation. And I'm going to ask, uh, you know, Tabisa, a very youthful young lady with, with brilliant mind, just to give me her thoughts in terms of what, what, what would be, what should be done differently to bring in youth, uh, especially youth that are professional, uh, in supporting the accelerated uh, economic strategy. Tabisa, what, what, what is it that we need from youth and how can youth be, uh, play a meaningful role? professional youth that is? Um, thank you, Nimrod. So you sort of hit the nail on the head when you said that um, a lot of the strategies and initiatives are very top focused. Um, and I think that when it comes to the youth, sort of the first thing that needs to be considered is the extent um, to which youth engagement and, um, you know, inclusion is um is happening within these um, the development of these strategies. So that's the first. Um, that's the first point. Um, I think that a lot of the time, um, when it comes to strat- to policy development and so forth, the voice of the youth is missing. So if you're going to kill out about a third of the population, um, you're unlikely to get sort of the the kind of effects or you know or outcomes that you need for the youth. Um, I think then secondly. Um, when it comes to, I don't think that it's necessarily a lack of, uh, will from the youth per se, but just generally, there needs, the space needs to be opened up for us. Um, and I think that in the same way that a very collaborative, um, mindset is being taken with, um, regards to SMMEs and so forth. So the understanding that there's a need for collaboration between government, um, civil society and, and the private sector. I think the same, mindset needs to be applied when it comes to structuring the economy um, towards allowing for more youth engagement and more of a youth role. Um, I think sometimes there's a tendency to view youth, um, you know, youth involvement in the economy as more of a government's problem. Um, but quite frankly, it's everybody's problem. And as such, business needs to start thinking in that way in terms of how does it open the space for the youth. Um, I strongly believe that it's not necessarily, like I said, it's not necessarily a lack of a will from the youth, um, but space needs to be opened up. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for that uh, insight, Tobisa. Uh, and I sincerely hope, uh, you know, uh, the majority of the youth uh, are, are completely uh, 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 echoing your sentiments uh, on, the, on, on how youth should be prioritize and, and, you know, try maybe, you know, move around the, the pyramid uh, to a point where we bring as many youth as possible. But, but that's something that this particular show would obviously push forward because that's, that's a big gap that I've also, you know, uh, uh, noted. Uh, and not only that, but issue around, you know, advocacy and communication of the accelerated economy recovery strategy so that um, everybody is, is, is knowledgeable about it. And, and we can all support it. We cannot support something that you do not know. As we are parting, uh, 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 you know, uh, we literally have about two minutes. I want to give Justice um, uh, a, a second or two just to reflect on the highlights uh, of the accelerated economy uh, recovery plan. Oh, okay. So um, it, it's me. Uh, thanks, Doc. The um, I think the highlights really on one on what I see here is that. 
the diagnosis for me seems to be quite uh, uh, to the point and uh, seems to so 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 it's all it's always good that we diagnose the the problems um, sufficiently so from the documents that i've seen and the um the last week's uh, talk about, from martin kingston they 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 seem to have the right diagnosis and uh, my only issue around it i have two concerns really is um you know the solutions uh, need to be including those that are disenfranchised and secondly i think we we need to begin to get new newer ideas into into these kinds of documents and not always be leaning on on neoliberal um outlooks because those okay. we know at many a times they are thank you very much justice thank you we literally have a 30 literally have a, a 40 seconds uh, let me bring in uh, eric as as the wrap up eric your party short as we wrap yeah. up yeah let's let's carry on the conversation next week with chris griffith and uh, you know talk about the the, the communication strategy and bringing on board a broader base of inclusive participants, business, youth, black business, youth organizations and professionals to participate in this whole very exciting thing that's work in progress. Thank you very much, uh, Eric. And thank you very much, uh, Justin, for gracing the airwaves. I certainly hope uh, the listener has had a a thought-provoking insight and we are all going to take the snippets of what we have talked about and really build on it. It has been an absolute pleasure having you around. Uh, let's definitely put South Africa forward. The strategy that has been put forward uh, by business uh, uh, in South Africa is, is, is noble, very courageous, uh, and can only make a difference around the economic trajectory that, trajectory that we want to see, provided we all uh, are, are at it. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there because we don't have much time. Please stay safe. Uh, observe all the protocols. Let's try and flatten the curve. Until we meet again, it has been a great pleasure and good evening.